Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. One of the most respected and experienced broadcasters in the industry, this is The Roy Green Show. If you go to my Twitter account, at the Roy Green Show, at the Roy Green Show, go there now, and you'll be able to download the conversation that I had. You'll be able to listen to the conversation that I had with uh, John Letts. Um, He is the father of Jack Letts, who has been described as Jihadi Jack, and he's been described as a member of ISIS and that he wants to get into this country as a dual citizen and that he and uh, and his family are trying to get him into Canada. Well, I spoke with his dad uh, for quite a while in the last hour. Some of you didn't hear that. I actually spoke to his dad for the full hour. And there's been a lot of reaction to that. His father says he was never a member of ISIS. You just go to uh, At The Roy Green Show and and listen to it there, or you can go to RoyGreenShow.com and download it. It's there as well. I spoke earlier with Christine Elliott former MPP for the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario, who's running for the leadership now. Here's how that went. Ms. Elliott, why uh, you as leader of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party? What specifically do you commit to change in Ontario if you become Premier? Well, I think what distinguishes me from the other candidates in this campaign, Roy, is the uh, experience I have. I uh, am the only one who has already served as an MPP, which I did for nine years. And because we've got an election coming in June, it's really important to have someone who knows how to conduct themselves in in Queen's Park, who understands that business. But I've also had the uh, opportunity to travel Ontario over the years to understand what the issues are in the different regions, to meet the people there. I'm ready now, and that's what we need. There have been some changes that have happened over the last number of years in this province. And so often it seems that with politicians... It's promises made and promises broken. So let's start with the carbon tax. Do you commit without reservation that you'll stand opposed to the introduction of a carbon tax? And will you, as Premier, immediately remove the Ontario contingents from the tri-party Ontario-Quebec-California-Cap-and-Trade deal? Yes, I am completely opposed to a carbon tax. Ontarians are taxed enough already. What we need to do is make life more affordable for Ontarians, not more unaffordable. And you will remove Ontario from the Quebec, California, Ontario tri-party cap-and-trade deal? Yes. Do you expect any difficulties with that? And what do you expect to hear back from the Prime Minister of Canada if you become Premier of Ontario? He, of course, has said that if the provinces do not deliver themselves uh, carbon tax, he'll do it for them. Well, I think there's some very serious constitutional questions about what the uh, the federal government is trying to do here, and I uh, I want to see uh, where that goes. I think there's been some suggestions that several of the other provinces are considering taking this matter to court. So I don't think the issue is settled yet, and I think that we need to stand up and say that stand up for our provinces and say that we're opposed to any more taxation. Do you have any other new taxes in mind? No, no more taxation. We need to uh, reduce taxes, which we are pledging to do in the People's Guarantee, our platform 
That's what we want to do, is reduce and not increase taxes. Ms. Elliott, let me ask you about the electricity file. It's cheap to produce, easy to get to market. Ontario has a massive surplus, and yet thanks to the unfocused anti-fossil fuels policies of Kathleen Wynne's liberals, several generations of Ontario taxpayers, some yet to be born, are on the hook to cover the multi-billion dollars of debt. What do you think can be done about this? Uh, The province has been harmed, seriously harmed. What are the options to mitigate against the difficulties that we're facing? Well, I think the uh, energy file has one one that's probably been the most badly handled by the Wynn Liberals, and uh, largely it came about because of the uh, badly named Green Energy Act. Uh, We want to make, we would repeal that act. It's causing a lot of problems. We've got situations where we're producing too much power in some areas, so we have to pay other jurisdictions to take it off our hands, and people's tax or hydro bills have risen three times what they were before they took power in 2003. So there's a lot wrong on this file, but it starts with getting rid of the Green Energy Act, and that's something that I would do as leader. Do you think you'd be hamstrung by the fact that deals were signed, contracts were signed by the Wynn government that uh, really put the province on the hook financially, and that's what we were talking about, about the billions of dollars of taxes that unborn generations are going to be responsible for? Well, I think what we need to do is take a look at some of those deals to see if there are any ways that we can mitigate some of the losses and the costs associated with it, if there are any provisions that would allow us to end those agreements. Uh, I think there's a lot of work that can be done there, but we really need to take a look at at each and every uh, contract to see whether it can be uh, ended or at least mitigated. Ms. Elliott, you mentioned a minute or two ago the, the plan, the the Progressive Conservative Party's plan for the province of Ontario. Can you deliver on the promises of the party uh, while Patrick Brown was leader and the, the, uh, the platform that you're taking on yourself, even without a carbon tax? Because that was very much a part of the, uh, of the plan to deliver tax cuts. Sounds yes, ridiculous, doesn't I, it? Raise taxes to cut taxes. Well, I am committed to, to enacting the provisions of, of our platform, the, the People's Guarantee. There are uh, sound public policy ideas there, for example, really increasing our commitment to providing services with mental health and addiction problems, uh, having more long-term care beds available for our frail elderly seniors. I believe strongly that we need to put those provisions into place. Now, the carbon tax would provide some of the revenue, for the, uh, those provisions, but I think we also need to take a look at other aspects. We want to do a line-by-line analysis of value for money audit to make sure that we can um, take a look at where we can find savings. Um, in years past, I was a bank auditor, and I want to be the auditor of Kathleen Wynn Services to make sure that we're getting good value for taxpayers. There's an issue that I've spent a great deal of time on in the last year, and I interviewed, interviewed the previous Federal Minister of Health, Dr. Jane Philpott, on this. And we've talked to other physicians and we've talked to patients, and the issue is chronic pain, which is better described as chronic agony. And what is happening to far too many people in the province of Ontario, far too many, is that through no fault of their own, they find themselves living with a condition and an illness that puts them under the, under the gun, as it were, of 24-7 massive agony. And these patients have found that in the last year particularly, they have had doctors arbitrarily 
significantly reduce their opioid medications. These are medications they were taking stably for years, caused no problems, had no issues, but it gave them some quality of life. They now are facing such tremendous pain, they don't know what to do with themselves, and in fact, if you talk to doctors, there's a concern that there may well be an increase in suicides. Not all doctors agree, but certainly the people I've spoken to, they quite often talk about or write about in an email that suicide is on their minds. There's a difference between the generic drug addict on the road, on the street that is getting the drugs from the, from the, from the corner uh, uh, drug dealer and the patient who finds him or herself dealing with massive chronic pain and no access to easily available and previously dispensed opioids. What do you plan to do? Well, I'm certainly aware of that concern, that there are people who legitimately need um, relief from pain. There are some chronic conditions for right. which uh, relief isn't available without the appropriate medication that often avoids some type of opioid. Uh, but we need to, I think, in this whole discussion about people becoming addicted, OxyContin and so on, that we've, we've gone too far the other way to make sure to the point that it's difficult for physicians to prescribe those medications to people who really need it. So we need to open that discussion up again and make sure that people who need it are able to receive the appropriate dosage under proper medical supervision as we are trying to cut it back from on-the-street medications that people are buying and selling and using for no legitimate purpose. There are two distinct issues here. There's the drug addict, and then there's the pain patient. And the pain patient yeah. is paying the price for an agenda that is unfair, that is unsustainable, and harms people. There's a really significant need to look at the patient and understand what the patients are going through and separate them from the drug addicts and the drug dealer on the street. And I don't think enough people understand that. Too many people bought, have bought into the, into the mantra that all opioids are bad. And I'm very concerned that we're going to be seeing people in not only desperate straits, but they will also be taking their own lives. So something that I wanted to put to just mention to you and, and uh, have you know that as far as my listeners are concerned, it is a key and critical issue. Well, I mean, that would be the last thing that we would want to have happen, that people would feel that there's no other relief other than suicide. I want to make sure that people can leave, lead happy, happy and healthy lives in Ontario. And it is an issue that I am aware of. Uh, actually, from my time at Queen's Park, when we were studying this issue, I did have the opportunity to meet a number of people who had serious chronic pain. So it is definitely on my agenda and something that I will work to resolve as leader of the party. Ms. Elliott, thank you very much for the time. There are critical issues that we all know about and there are critical issues that are really not necessarily top of mind and 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 the most prominent on the radar. They're all on in in uh, in your purview if you become the premier. I thank you for the time today. Yes, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much, Roy. Bye bye. So there's our conversation with Christine Elliott from earlier today. Now tomorrow we'll spend a few minutes with Doug Ford, who was the first, of course, to say that he would do away with the carbon tax. And all three candidates, major candidates, Caroline Mulroney, who will join us next weekend, Doug Ford and Christine Elliott have said, no carbon tax. What kind of dynamic will that create with the prime minister who says he will force provinces to engage in a carbon tax? How much of a constitutional battle lies ahead? We'll come back, tell you about the next hour in just a minute. Stay with us. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.